Starting a podcast has been one of the biggest drivers of growth in my business, but there are a lot of moving parts behind the scenes to release episodes every single week. That's why I'm all about finding tools to make the process easier. And one of my favorite podcast tools is Riverside. Riverside is where I record all my episodes and guest interviews. It gives me studio quality audio and video every single time. What I love about Riverside is that it records video in 4K and has a bunch of AI tools to make post-production easier and faster. So if you run a podcast or you're thinking of starting one, don't do it without Riverside. Trust me, I've tried a bunch of others and Riverside is the best. And the cool thing is, as a listener of this podcast, you can get 15% off your Riverside subscription using the code MYBUSINESSPLAYBOOK. So head on over to riverside.fm to get started today. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Hey, hey, and welcome back to My Business Playbook. Today, we are talking all things narrowing your niche. Now, I think a lot of people understand that they need to narrow their niche. It's like, yes, tick, of course, Laura, I need to do that. It's a very foundational, fundamental thing that we need to get right. But oftentimes, people might think about it when they first start their business. Okay, who's my dream client? And then they might never revisit it. And the problem with that is when you start out, Your niche is pretty much anyone who will pay you money, right? (laughs) Like you kind of, you have to get the reps in. You will take money from anyone and pretty much you'll do any service because you're like, I don't, I I just need money, right? I'll take on the work. I'll do whatever. One of my first clients paid me in brunch because I was like, well, listen, I just, I need food. (laughs) I was making like $400 a week. I was like, man, I got to sort this out. So when we start out, which is a lot of when we do this work of like narrowing our niche and figuring out who our people are. When we start out, it's probably not the best time for us to even be thinking about it because at that point, we just take what we can get, right? And that's okay when you're starting, but it reaches a point where it can be really, really damaging to your business and it can make business feel really overwhelming and feel like a headache. So what I want to do in this episode is I'm going to do three big things in this quick win episode. Firstly, I'm going to talk you through why you need to niche down, why it's so important and why it's been so powerful for not just my business, but for so many of my clients. Secondly, I'm going to talk through, well, what holds people back? If people understand why they need to do it and they understand, yes, in theory, I know I need to do it. What holds people back from actually doing it confidently? And then finally, I'm going to finish up with some really simple strategies to show you how to actually find your niche, narrow your niche and own your niche. So I hope that you're ready. I'm really excited about this because this is something that we are constantly revisiting, right? Our niche evolves with us, which is really, really fascinating. So this is a really powerful exercise for you to come back to. Even if you think you know your niche, it's really powerful to just keep coming back to that and keep reconnecting with, okay, well, if that's my person, what do they want? What do they need? All of those fun things. So we're going to get to all of that. Now, firstly, why is niching down so important? The first thing I I think of when I think about, well, why does this matter so much? The first reason is there is so much noise online. There has never been as much noise online as there is right now. There is more content created every single day. There are more businesses, more people starting businesses than ever before. So if we want to cut through the noise, 
if we don't just want to blend into the surroundings like a glorious, sad chameleon, <laughs> we don't want to do that, right? We want to stand out. So in order to stand out, you need to niche down. And a big challenge is that we are competing against a lot of noise. Okay, so that's reason number one. Reason number two, when you don't have a clear niche, you lose opportunities. Donald Miller, I say this all the time, but Donald Miller says, if you confuse, you lose. When you confuse who your people are, when your people don't really know, okay, are they talking to me or someone else? When you don't have a clear target market, you lose opportunities. And even further than that, maybe you have a target market, but it still feels too broad. You are missing opportunities because you're not connecting with your niche, your person on a really deep level because you're trying to speak to everyone. Okay. So you actually miss out on opportunities. Number three, you aren't seen as a specialist. You can't become known. It's when you're vanilla, you kind of blend in, right? And so when our niche is too broad, we can't become known as the specialist in that area. I got in a bit of trouble because I talked about this um, on Instagram. I was talking about niching down and I was saying, you know, you wouldn't go here in Australia, we call it a GP, like a general practitioner. Uh, it's essentially your like family doctor. You wouldn't go to your family doctor to get heart surgery, right? You would go to a heart surgeon. I've been watching Grey's Anatomy recently. And so like, you know, I, I'm like, you'd go to a cardiothoracic surgeon. You'd go to Dr. Christina Yang. That's who you'd go to. But you'd go to a specialist, right? A specialist solves expensive problems. A specialist solves big problems. And so rather than us being a generalist, we want to be seen as a specialist. Now, disclaimer, the reason people got a bit grumpy with me about that was because technically general practitioner, they, they are specialists. Technically they do a specialist program, but it doesn't really serve the, the you know, the reasoning behind the story. <laughs> so shout out to all my doctors. I love you guys. You're amazing. I'm not uh, saying that you're not amazing. I'm just using that as an example. So you want to be seen as a specialist. You cannot become known if you're everything to everyone. You kind of look like a jack of all trades and a master of none. Number four, by trying to speak to everyone, you end up speaking to no one. No one listens to you when you're trying to speak to everyone. I'm from a big family and, you know, at the dinner table, I remember like growing up, it was like you had to really make yourself known. If you wanted your voice to be heard, you really had to speak up, right? And it's the same in this market. You, you can't just blast noise out there and expect your person to go, yes, cool, I'm going to buy what you're selling. By trying to speak to everyone, by people pleasing, you end up speaking to no one. And the final reason I think it's really important for you to niche down, and this is something that not many people think about. When you're trying to serve everyone, when you do 10 different services and you have 10 different kinds of people that you, that you serve, right? You actually can't scale or streamline your business because you're serving too many people with too many different needs. So what happens is you get spread thin and because you're trying to deliver all these different things, you start wearing all these different hats and your offer becomes really diluted. Your message becomes really diluted, but it also means your delivery becomes really like, oh man, I'm spread thin here. So it also impacts your delivery. It impacts your systems. It also impacts your profitability. Because if those things are start to get a bit clunky, like, oh, I'm now creating a new process for this offer over here, for this particular niche over here. When you start doing that, it costs you. And so it, it actually impacts your profit margins as well. So if that doesn't get you to niche down, then I don't know what will. Seriously. 
So why do you need to niche down? There's too much noise. You lose opportunities. You aren't seen as a specialist. By trying to speak to everyone, you end up speaking to no one. And you can't scale or streamline your business when you're trying to do all the things for everyone. Okay. So now, second thing I want to look at is, well, what holds people back from niching down confidently? Because there's resistance here. And the reason I know there's resistance is because I have experienced the resistance myself and I watch my clients inside the Next Level Club. One of the first things we do is we say, hey, let's work on narrowing your niche. I watch people kind of go round and round in circles with their niche because there's resistance to niching down. And so let's talk about the resistance. I want to I really dive into this so you understand what's happening, what your brain is doing as you try to do this. Because if you're here, you already know you need to. But there's something that is stopping you from doing it properly. And I think that there are three common things that I see that like hold people back from niching down with confidence. The first is fear of missing out. Yeah, I cannot tell you how many times people have said to me, oh, but Laura, if I narrow my niche, I'm shrinking my market. If I narrow my niche, I'm saying no to people, which means that I'm saying no to work, which means I'm saying no to money and there's not going to be enough work. It's fear of missing out. And if we go a layer deeper than that, it's actually a scarcity mindset. It's a scarcity mindset. We're saying that there's not enough to go around. We're saying that, oh, well, if I narrow my audience and if I only say yes to working with these types of people, I'm going to have less. There's not going to be enough. So that's a scarcity mindset and we need to really stamp that out. We need to go stamp that out, stomp that out. (laughs) I don't know how that expression goes, but we need to get rid of it. We need to actually go, no, anytime that thought comes into your head, you need to go, no, there is enough. There is always more work. There is always more money. I can always solve more problems. I can always find more work. So it's really important to recognize, okay, what's going on internally? There's a scarcity mindset here. And what's interesting is the opposite is actually true. You are not going to miss out. You're actually going to find that you get more sales and that you're more profitable and that you get more clients knocking on your door, but we'll get to that later. So fear of missing out is the big thing that holds people back. The second thing is people pleasing. (laughs) Shout out to all my recovering people pleasers. This is a big deal. How do we say no to people who previously we loved working with? How do we do that? Oh, well, if I niche down, then I'm disappointing people. If that's your mindset, you are never going to niche down because you are going to want to avoid disappointing people. And the fact is you will disappoint people. I was on a, I had a webinar recently and um, this guy was on a call and he was a private investigator. And he, the whole time I'm like, the whole, my whole thing is I help creatives, right? So it was like photographers, copywriters, consultants. Like I was like, what? This is, this is my thing. And in the webinar, he was like, well, can I buy your program if I'm not uh, a creative? Like I'm a private investigator. I I don't know if I really fit this niche. And honestly, I was like, look, I I probably wouldn't. (laughs) Like This isn't going to be for you. And You know, my default thing years ago would have been, oh, I'll just say yes to working with him because he probably needs some help and, you know, maybe he can take some gold from it and he can figure it out. But now I'm like, no, actually, this isn't going to be the right fit for you. And I actually view that as me serving and me being honest and having integrity. So instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to disappoint people, they're going to be sad, they're going to hate me, they're going to think I'm an awful person. 
what would happen if you framed it as, no, they're going to think I'm honest and that I'm really trying to serve them. And, and sometimes saying no is actually serving them. Hey, look, I don't work with private investigators, uh, but maybe you could go check out this person. Okay. The people pleasing, not only does it negatively impact you because you're then spinning all these plates and trying to make it all work for the client. It also kind of negatively impacts the client too, because they don't get the experience that they want. So we've got to think about it as no, this isn't about me. This isn't a reflection on me. If I'm saying no to them, it's actually, hey, I am not the best person to serve you because of X, Y, Z. I specialize in this. Here's who I recommend instead. That's actually serving them, not disappointing them. Yes, people might be disappointed. That's their thing. That's not your thing. If you can point them in the direction of someone else, awesome. It also helps you to look more legit. So on that webinar, when I was like, hey, listen, no, uh, I'm super glad that you're here, but I don't think you should buy this thing. What does that do for everyone else that's in the room? They all start to go, oh man, she's legit. She only works with people like me. She says no to people that like could maybe be a fit, but aren't. That gives those people more confidence. Oh, she only works with people like me. So it's actually really powerful when we have these boundaries and we go, actually, no, I'm not the right fit for you. So people pleasing, (laughs) it holds people back. Let me tell you, you only have to say no a couple of times and then you will feel more and more confident with it. Uh, and it's just going to be a game changer for your business. So people pleasing, it's such a big one. The third thing that I think holds people back is actually not knowing how to do it. How do I niche down? How do I find my person? How do I identify them? How do I speak to them? Who do I actually want to work with? Okay. And I'm going to talk about how to niche down in just a moment. Hey, my friend, real quick, I have a favor to ask. If you love my business playbook and if it has helped you in your business journey, then I would love for you to leave us a five-star review. It will take you all of 60 seconds, but it means the world to me. And it helps us to get the word out about the show, which means we can help more people just like you. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get back to the episode. So when I was niching down, I had so many coaches saying to me, Laura, you're too broad. What are you doing? And like, I was, my first niche was, I worked with hospitality businesses. Then I started going into just small business owners. And then I went into service providers. And then I kind of was toying between, do I want to work with, I was working with people in uh, like, who owned Pilates studios. I I was working with people in the health space. And then I was also working with people in the creative space as well. Kind of people like me. And I was really like, okay, service providers is still too broad. Uh, like, cause that's still meant finance. It, it kind of meant like, you know, some people in fitness could work with me as well. It, it kind of just felt too broad. So I was like, okay, I need to niche down. And I had two niches in mind. One of them was creative service providers, which was essentially me a few years ago kind of thing. Like it was like, and that's a really nice way to find your niche, by the way, if, if you want to work with people, if you, especially if you want to create courses or co- do coaching, it's really nice to work with who you were five years ago, essentially, because you can help them to, you relate to them, you understand where they're at, you have expertise, you have knowledge of like what the journey looks like, and you can help them to avoid some mistakes, right? So creative service providers was one idea. And the other idea was like health practitioners, which was kind of weird. Like now that I, now that I look at it, I'm like, what was I even thinking? Anyway, and like we still have some some health coaches that come into our programs and absolutely crush it. And they fit in because they're a coach or a consultant and it still works. But I was really going to go into this health, uh, beauty, 
hair salon kind of space. Like that's kind of the space I was thinking about. Anyway, I had a mentor of mine sit me down and go, Laura, you've got to choose. And I was like, I cannot choose. I cannot do it. Like I, I'm terrified. And, and those three feelings, the fear of missing out, people pleasing, not knowing how to do it. That the reason I can talk about that is because that's exactly how I felt. And so I was like, okay, this is really challenging. And I'd been putting it off and I hadn't known how to do it. And I was like, felt all these feelings and I couldn't put a name to the feelings. But now when I look back in hindsight, I know I was all like the fear of missing out, people pleasing and not, not knowing was really what was holding me back. And so he was like, cool. So what are your two options? I was like, well, it's creatives, which is kind of like me, uh, or it's this health zone. Like these guys really like my stuff as well. He was like, awesome. We're going to flip a coin and you're going to choose. And this was like on a call with a bunch of other people. And I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, you're going to, we're going to flip a coin. You're going to choose. I was like, okay, let's do it. And um, he flipped a coin and he held it on his hand. Like he didn't tell me if it was heads or tails. He held it on his hand and he paused. And I was like freaking out because I felt the pressure of like all these people are watching me as well. And he was like, Laura, who do you want it to be? And instantly I was like, I want it to be creatives. Like, don't force me to do that, do this other one. Don't force me to do it. And he was like, great, that's your niche. And I was like, all righty, that's my niche. Okay. And so it was this really like crazy moment because he didn't even tell me if it was heads or tails. He just was like, you actually know what you want. You actually know it. You're just freaking yourself out. You just need to make a decision. And so when you come to niching down, if you know your niche is too broad, if you feel like your message is getting lost, if you feel like I can't kind of narrow my offer and create a really clear, compelling offer because I don't know who I'm serving and it, it's like confusing at the moment. What you actually have to do, the first thing you have to do is make a decision. Maybe you need to flip a coin. Maybe you need to flip a coin, but you've just got to make a decision. You've got to commit to making a decision and trust that you do know what you want. Sometimes it's just having someone ask the right questions at the right time to go, okay, well, what would happen if you could only work with one kind of person for the rest of your life? Who would that be? Who would you choose? Can you see how all of a sudden we just, it just is a decision-making framework. Okay. Well, if it's, if it's not this, then, then who would it be? If it's not this person, who would it be? So the first thing you need to do is commit to make a decision. The second thing is you really need to go, okay, cool. I'm going to make a decision. Now, how do I identify who the right niche is? Because I think that's really important for us to think about. Well, I've got many people that I can serve. I've got many skills. I've got many different types of customers that have worked with me in the past or current clients or whatever it is. So how do I actually identify who I want to work with? So what I want you to do is I want you to ask yourself three questions. Do you like them? Can you help them? And will they pay? Do you like them? Can you help them? And will they pay? Because you might like them and you might be able to help them, but they may never be able to pay you money. That's not a business. That's a charity. Okay. And that's okay. You might have occasional moments where you go, I love this person. I would love to help them. I have the capacity to do this without them paying me. But if you're here and you're in the startup phase, you likely don't have that capacity. And I want you to get paid for your work. You must get paid for your work. So do you like them? Can you help them? And will they pay? It has to be all three. What happens if you can help them and they can pay, but you actually kind of don't like them? Well, 
A few years from now, you're going to be like, Laura, I hate my business. I don't want to do this anymore. Do you like them? Can you help them? And will they pay? And then what happens if you like them and they will pay, but you actually can't help them? If you don't have the competence or the skills to truly help them, you're not going to have, you're not, you, A, it's going to really impact your reputation. You're really going to disappoint the clients and you're not going to enjoy it if you actually can't help them. If you don't have the skills or if they're not, maybe they, they want to pay you and you like them, but maybe they just aren't ready for you yet. And so you can't help them yet. That's okay. So you need to have all three of these things working together. And so for me, when I was thinking about niching down to creatives, I was like, well, I love working with creatives. I can definitely help them. And if they're at the right stage in their business, that's a little qualifier, they will pay me. So you might go, okay, within my market, I only want to work with people who are at a certain revenue. Let's say you're B2B and you're like, actually, I like them. I can help them. The pay piece, I only want to work with people at a certain turnover per year or uh, with a certain number of employees because they're doing, doing a certain revenue. Maybe that's a qualifier for you. That's great. That's, that's narrowing your niche. So maybe it's, I only want to work with creative service providers who are earning 5k a month or more because they're established. They're not freelancing as much. They're, they're not side hustlers. They're, they're established, right? That's a great niche. So all of a sudden our niche becomes much clearer rather than it being really broad. Okay. So you can add qualifiers to this and you can add parameters around, I love working with this type of client who's at this type of level, but if they're below that level or above that level, I don't want to work with them. Maybe you love working with, with startups. You don't want to work with big corporates. That's totally fine. Maybe you want to work with female-led entrepreneurs. Maybe you want to work with impact-driven businesses. This is where you get to design this. You get to design this. What do they care about? What do they value? What are their problems? So first step is you need to decide. Second step is you need to actually identify who do I really want to work with? Then what you need to do is you need to, the third step is you need to really dial in what their problems are. You need to get crystal clear on what they want and what's stopping them from getting what they want. And that's your offer. What do they want? And then you work the hardest to deliver what they want. What's frustrating them? What's keeping them up at night? What's their pain point? What's their fear? What's their biggest challenge? How does the challenge make them feel? Most people in their marketing, they step back from talking about the negative or the pain points or the challenges, but people don't buy services. They buy solutions to problems. So when we don't talk about the problems, we're ripping the guts out of our message. And so when you think about your niche, you need to be crystal clear on what problems am I solving? Because that's going to help you in your marketing. It's going to help you to communicate to them. And it's going to mean that your offer, when it comes time, the next step after you've narrowed your niche is to create the really compelling, irresistible offer. Then your offer becomes really, really kick-ass. And it becomes like, oh my goodness, heck yes, take my money. If we don't have the narrow niche, if we don't have the problems... If we can't demonstrate that we've got the expertise to help them, like hand on heart, I know I can help you. If we don't have that, our offers fall flat. So it's really important that we really drill deep into the problems and then we communicate that to them in their language. So, so important. So how do you niche down? 
I'm going to recap. Firstly, you just need to decide. Trust that you know, deep down, you know who you want to work with. You might just need to be backed into a corner a little bit and flip a coin, all right? Second thing is you need to identify who they are. Who do you want? It's like that um, scene from The Notebook when um, Noah goes, he says to Rachel McAdams, Ryan Gosling says to Rachel McAdams, what do you want? And he's on the boat and it's raining and he's like screaming in her face. What do you want? You kind of need to be backed into the corner and you need to think about, well, what do I want? What am I good at? What do I love doing? And, And like, which clients are the dream clients who are like, oh, oh, have you ever seen that meme that's like the $500 client versus the $50,000 client? The $500 client is like, tell me how this $500 investment in you is going to change my business, change my life, change my family, like help me to get a six pack and do all of those things. And it's like, it's 500 bucks. Like I didn't, (laughs) it's not a magic $500. Like what? And then the $50,000 client just says money sent. Thanks. We want the $50,000 client, right? We want the premium client. So this is where you get to decide who those people are, okay? Don't think about how you're going to get them. Don't think about that yet. This is just the the exercise of finding who do I really want to work with? And then the third thing you need to do is dial in what problems they have and how you're going to solve them, okay? I want to remind you that the niche is just step one. Then from there, it's about, okay, well, what's my offer? What's my message? How am I going to communicate this? Then we get busy and go, cool, how do we get some leads that fit this niche? It is never too late to niche down. It is never too late to narrow. Your niche can evolve as you grow. That's totally fine. Don't think it's, it has to stay fixed forever. It can evolve with you, okay? And again, this fits in the puzzle of all of the frameworks that we have inside the Next Level Club because we're always looking at, well, step one, Let's do that. Let's narrow the niche. Step two, let's build out the offer. Step three, let's work on the message. Step four, let's figure out how we're going to get you some leads for this offer. Step five, let's increase your prices. Once you're feeling confident, let's increase the prices. So we have a whole roadmap and a whole framework to help you to piece all of this together so that it's like a system to follow. So if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I need to niche down, man, I need someone in my corner to kind of say, flip a coin lady, like let's do it. If you need that in your life, if you need a bit of accountability, you need a system to follow to grow your business, then the Next Level Club could be a really good spot for you, okay? So I work with creative service providers who want to scale to 30K months and beyond. We've got some of our clients doing 50, 60, 100K months. It's a pretty epic program. The framework's amazing. That's where I spend all of my time. So if you want uh, to check that out, all you need to do is go to laurahiggins.com forward slash next level and you'll see all the details and you can book book a call with us, apply to join us. This is a big piece, but it's only one of many pieces of the puzzle that we want to get right. This is first step. Then we want to work on, okay, well, once we've got this niche, how does that kind of translate into all the other areas? How does that trickle down into all the other areas in my marketing, in my offers, in my sales process, all of the wonderful things. So, hey, if you are interested I love it when people who listen to the podcast come and join us in the Next Level Club because it already feels like we're friends and it's the best. And I love being able to hug you in person, which is also the best, Um, in person and on Zoom, of course. So, hey, if if you're interested, head on over to laurahiggins.com forward slash next level and we can book a time to chat and make sure it's the right fit for you. All right, my friend, I hope that this encourages you to commit to niche down. Let me tell you, this work... Like if you have any of those, those like roadblocks, those mindsets, a fear of missing out, people pleasing, they're not knowing how to do it. 
doing this made my messaging so much stronger. I had people that had been following me for years come out of the woodwork and go, cool, no, I know you're speaking to me now. I'm ready. So it's actually a more profitable business when you do this well, when you do this properly. Okay, so it's the opposite is true. You're not going to miss out. You're actually going to get more and more of the good stuff, which is what we want. All right, my friend, I love your work. I will see you back here same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, go get them.